0: Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com Giants reporter. We're sitting here. Two preseason games are in the books. Most of the summer is past us. You know what? The regular season is on the horizon. It's right there. We know, for the most part, what the Giants are going to look like. So we got some good, bad to go over here. They... Beat the Detroit Lions in the second preseason game. Some positives to come out of that. More than negatives, in my opinion. Really validated a lot of the things we know about this team so far. I think that's what I took away the most, is it validated, okay, here's what we think the team's weaknesses are, right? Oh, well, those are the team's weaknesses. Yep. They're going to have trouble covering tight ends again. Yep. We see that. Uh, Alec Ogletree. Yep. That doesn't look great. That cornerback group, yep, not so deep. Uh Aside from that, you know, you know, the, they were all there. The front seven, yep, very good run defense. This group is going to stop the run. Well, you know what? Let's just get right into it, right? Let's go over the good and the bad right now here between the second and third preseason game. Two preseason games left, one against the Jets, one against the Patriots, and then guess what? Week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars is upon us. But – Let's go over the positives, right? Okay. Saquon Barkley injured his hamstring uh, about a week ago. I'm taping this on Tuesday morning. So he injured his hamstring, tweaked, as the Giants said, last Monday. Okay? Not a great sign, but Saquon Barkley is doing okay. He's running and jogging and working hard at practice now, doing some drills on the side, really just leg strengthening drills, right? We're not talking football drills here. We're talking leg strengthening drills, uh, jumps, uh, sprints, changes of directions, those kind of things. So he's doing all that on the side. That gives you hope that he's going to be okay. Now my interpretation of this whole thing is the plan is not to play him here in the preseason Get him geared up for week one. Smart. Nobody's going to object to that, right? They need Saquon Barkley, and they need him healthy. No need to mess around in the preseason. I asked Jonathan Stewart. I thought this was pretty funny or pretty apropos. I said, you know, how badly do as a rookie do you think he needs the preseason? And what Stewart said was, look, it takes people different times to adjust, right? But what he found out, what the Giants found out, and what they saw when he played in that first preseason game, his first run goes for 39 yards, that he didn't really need time to adjust, or much time to adjust. So, not much concern with Saquon at this point. The only concern, and this is why I think it's the smart move, to take it slowly up until that week one game. Right? The week one opener is September 9th or 10th, whatever whatever that date is. So... You're talking about a little less than 20 days right now, 18 days. So the goal in those 18 days is to build him up and make it so there's not going to be that setback where he's going to retweak it, you know, where he's going to come back and try and really open up and all of a sudden he's going to grab at his hamstring. No, no, no. We don't want that. The Giants don't want that. Nobody wants to see that. His fantasy owners don't want to see that, and we'll get to that. You know what? Next episode, we're going to do the fantasy Giants episode. Right, Go heading into the season. So we're going to mix where the Giants are at with where they these get where they should be looked at in regards to fantasy football. Because you know you all play fantasy football. Everybody loves fantasy football. If there wasn't fantasy football and gambling. Football would not even be close to what it is. I wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't be making anything near what I'm making. The players wouldn't be making anything near what they're making. So that's what we're going to do for the next one. All right. The next good. The next positive we can take from the Giants right now. Davis Webb. All right. Wipe your brow. Woo. Woo. Finally. Right. That, that opener, that preseason opener was a little scary. Everything was flying high. Everything was sailing. Didn't match. I mentioned this, I looked at that, it didn't match everything I what I saw from Davis Webb at practice. Right? He can make throws, he zips the ball in, and he looked really good against the Lions. He played with the first team, got first team action. The Giants wanted to see him with that first team. Eli didn't play at all, Odell Beckham Jr. didn't play at all. Now, here's the thing with Davis Webb, right? He's going to be their backup quarterback. That's pretty much done. You could, barring a miracle, barring a setback or something major happening to somebody, Davis Webb is going to be the backup. He's taken all the number two snaps pretty much all summer. He's even snuck in some first-team snaps. He started when Eli didn't play. The Giants wanted to see him in that spot, and he passed this test with flying colors. They already thought that he could be their backup. They just needed it validated in a game, and that's exactly would happen against the Detroit Lions. So Davis Webb is Eli Manning's backup. Book it, okay? That's going to happen. That's not an if, and, or but thing. Kyle Oletta has been running third team, splitting reps with Alex Tanney. He's significantly behind. He's a rookie. He's learning. He doesn't throw the ball as well. And it's going to take him time. To get accustomed to professional football. Now you've seen some positives from Lilletta. He looks poised in games. He had a really nice run against the Lions. So you like that. But he's not ready to be their backup in their minds. That's going to Davis Webb. Also, you take away from these past couple weeks, Wayne Gallman. You like what you see from Wayne Gallman. The guy can run. He can make people miss. It's really an extension of what we saw late last year. Now, you didn't see enough late last year, and I'm not, I'm still still not sure I'm in that I've seen enough. I, I would still probably fall into the same category. I've seen enough from Wayne Gallman to be confident that he could be one of my guys. But not that I'm just going to hand Wayne Gallman a, a starting job, which of course he's not now because Saquon Barkley's on the roster. But enough where I'm going to say Wayne Gallman is my number one running back. I'm giving him the main job, and he's going to take 75% of the snaps. I wouldn't feel totally comfortable doing that. If I had Wayne Gallman, I would like another guy. So you have a 1 and a 1A. But instead, Wayne Gallman is going to be the Giants' insurance policy for Saquon Barkley. I know everybody out there, well, Jonathan Stewart, they gave him this money. Right. They did. They gave Jonathan Stewart money. He looks slow. I didn't love the signing at the time. I still don't like it now. He looks to be everything we thought he was. He's an aging running back. Short yardage kind of guy. That's, that seems to be the only role that I would like to use him in if I were in charge. So, but to me, if anything happens to Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Stewart, even though he's running, splitting first team snaps with Saquon for the most part this summer, Jonathan Stewart is not going to be the every down back. If that, that role automatically will revert to Wayne Gallman. He'll jump over Stewart in that situation. So Wayne Goldman, in my mind, is really the contingency plan for Saquon Barkley. Whereas then, below them is Jonathan Stewart, in a specific role, he'll come in, he'll do short yardage, he'll block some, he's not gonna play a ton of snaps, but he'll play a hand, 10 snaps a game, something, something along those lines. Where at least that's digestible. Not, wouldn't be my preference. But we'll see how it goes. Let's let's. Uh, it's not anything to keep you up at night. I will say that. The other positive that we've seen so far is the Giants' front seven is that they're going to be good against the run. Damon Harrison, B.J. Hill, Dalvin Tomlinson. Those are your defensive linemen. Kareem Martin and Olivier Vernon on on uh, outside linebackers. Alec Ogletree and B.J. Goodson in the middle. You know what might be the common thread with all those guys? They might all be better players against the run than they are against the pass. They might all be better players as run defenders than pass rushers. The only one that's in question with is probably Olivier Vernon, who's pretty good at both. He's a really good run defender. So he pretty good. That's pretty close. And maybe BJ Hill. Jury's out. Let's, let's see what they have in BJ Hill, the rookie at NC State. Looks like a solid player. Little good. Uh, he had a good pass rush in that game. He absolutely crushed the quarterback. I don't think it was Matthew Stafford at the time. It might have been their backup. So that front seven, they haven't allowed anyone to run. The Giants haven't run the ball successfully in practice. The Lions had no chance to run the ball even in practice in the game against the Giants' front seven. That is going to be the strength of the defense. There's no doubt in my mind. It's going to be difficult to run the ball against the Giants. They're gonna make opponents somewhat one-dimensional. The question is, even though they're one-dimensional, are they going to be able to limit opposing passing attacks? That's the question, because now let's go to some of the bad, right? The cornerbacks of the Giants were worried about. That hasn't changed. That's everybody aside from Janoris Jenkins. Okay? Linebacker coverage, Alec Ogletree, definitely a concern. We saw him get beat, big plays in both games. That's worrisome. What are they going to do there? How are they going to get by there? Now, they've traded $20 million for Ogletree the next two years. He's getting paid a ton. They're going to keep him out there. They're going to try and make this work. We'll give it to the regular season to see how it pans out, but I'm not overly optimistic on this one. And I'm also not overly optimistic with the Giants' cornerbacks. Eli Apple looks decent in practice, but then he goes out on the field against other teams, and it's been a struggle. Even in practice against the Lions this week, you know, they were making plays all over him. It was like Matthew Stafford was picking on him. And behind him, who knows where the Giants stand? B.W. Webb. Leonard Johnson, who has struggled, Leonard Johnson, in, in the games, the two preseason games so far. Uh, those are, those are probably their favorites to be in the nickel cornerback. Uh, they even moved William Gay now. They're trying to make something work there. He's playing safety. So that free safety spot also, a crapshoot. Curtis Riley's a starter right now. Darian Thompson has been injured. He's having a hamstring problem. So that position is up for grabs. Who knows what they have at that position? That's a concern. But a bigger concern is the right side of the offensive line. That is going to be something I'm not sure the Giants are going to be able to solve this year. That's going to be a problem all year long. Eric Flowers at right tackle, we know Eric Flowers wasn't a good left tackle. They paid $60 million to make sure he wasn't their left tackle. Now, I'm pretty sure deep down they wish he wasn't their right tackle. The early returns aren't great on Eric Flowers on the right side. I know they're sitting here publicly and are telling you he's playing well. I watched that tape, trust me. Wasn't great. Wasn't great. There was an almost sack fumble of Davis Webb that was would have been returned for a touchdown. Both came from the right side. And it's not just Flowers on that right side when it comes to the pass protection. Patrick Omame, who they signed as a free agent, who's on his fourth team in five years, their pass protection as a whole is going to be troubling. Now, Omame will be a decent run blocker. But his strength is not pass protection. So you combine that with Flowers, and it creates a troublesome right side of that offensive line, and that's something we're going to have to monitor. And then there's the quarterback, Eli Manning. He's going to have that troublesome... He's he's the one that's going to have to deal with the troubling right side of the line, right? And he doesn't move very well. We know that. He doesn't even navigate the pocket very well. I think that combination has me concerned. There's nothing I've seen this summer from Eli Manning that says to me he's more likely to return to Pro Bowl form than be near the end. What he can do is hit timing patterns, win with his head, and what you see a ton of is get the ball out quick, dump down, dump down, dump down. I actually think Saquon Barkley is going to catch probably like 70 to 80 passes this year because that dump down, Eli's going to dump, he's dumping everything down this summer. It's either a quick timing round or a dump down. Not seeing many shots downfield. You're not seeing uh, deep outs or a lot of significant passes, you know, over 10, 15 yards. It's short, 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 dink, dunk. And I think the goal is going to be to try and let your playmakers make plays, which is great. But if the defenses aren't respecting you on the deep end that much, it's going to make it tough for them. So I'm a little concerned about Eli right now. And it's more like Eli with this offense. Eli with the offense that's around him, and particularly that offensive line. It's still... A tough combination. Ultimately, I, I, I'm I'm concerned about what this offense can max out at with Eli in that offensive line. Like what what is their Like they have the weaponry to be a great offense, an explosive offense, to be a top ten offense. Do they have the quarterback with the offensive line to be a top 10 offense? I have serious concerns about that, and nothing I've seen this summer really has changed that. It really only exacerbates my concerns with that in that regard. So I think they're kind of going to be limited, like where they can max out. You know, they could be above average offense, but not a great offense, or a really good offense. Because of those two things. An aging, immobile quarterback and the That right side of the offensive line. And finally, the last bad that I have right now is the Giants' return game. It's a concern. I don't know where they're going to go with this. Right now, Hunter Sharp was the first choice as the returner. He muffed the punt, got it back, also fumbled the kickoff, got it back as well. But these are not encouraging signs. Their return game, they do not look like they have a set returner. Khalif Raymond actually looks like the better returner to me, but right now he's still behind Hunter Sharp. I wonder if the Giants are gonna go out and look for a guy. That's a spot where you can look, okay, when cuts are made, maybe we can go out and we can find somebody. Maybe we can, maybe there's a returner, there's a speedy guy out there who could just fill that role. Right? And their wide receivers could be Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, Cody Latimer, and say Russell Shepard as the fourth. And you could go roll with those four receivers and have a fifth guy who you're not crazy about offensively, but he could be a return specialist. So I'd be I would be surprised if the Giants aren't out there looking for that. Now, one good I didn't bring up is Evan Ingram, tight end. In that preseason game, he made a play on third down, and if you really weren't watching closely, you probably didn't notice. But it was third down on a long drive that the Giants went with Davis Webb at quarterback. And they, they, they scored a touchdown. Third down. Davis Webb is under tremendous pressure. Two guys in his face. He gets the ball out, gives Evan Ingram a chance one-on-one to make a catch. And you saw just a awesome catch. Right? He reaches back. He catches the ball, leans over and gets the first down. It was a great play by Evan Ingram. It wasn't a great throw in that, you know, in regards to being on target. It was a good throw because He gave him a chance to make a play, and he was under heavy pressure. And what you saw from Ingram there is what you've seen most of the summer. A guy who's going to be a very good player. And with that, let's bring him in. Evan Ingram, on to the next one. All right, let's bring in Evan Ingram here. Giants, second-year tight end now.
1: You You feel like a veteran now? Yeah, I'm getting old. Bones getting a little rusty helping out these young guys, these young rooks out here. So, yeah, a little, little veteran action going on. All right, I'm going to ask you the important question, right? I'm intrigued by this because I'm I, when I, I'm
0: standing here looking at you, and I do when I saw it when you were the other day, you were at the podium.
1: Your hair, you got curly hair, right? Natural, by the way? Oh, yeah, all natural. This, this, just ha- this is just the way your hair is? Uh, just some conditioner in the shower, that's it. It looks like little, like, squirrely
0: pastas. I mean, but you have this one hair, and it's... It, it's you know hanging down your face. I mean, that that doesn't get in your eyesight.
1: Like you don't you don't catch that once in a while. Because I just every time I'm looking at it, uh, actually, I'm like, I, I'm like, and it glistens. Oh yeah, no, it, especially it, it's a little shiny when when I get out of the shower like now. But um, but yeah, I, I'm got used to it. If I don't see it, then it's a problem. Like if I don't notice it. I go look in the mirror and make sure what's going on with my hair. Oh, so that's how you know you did your hair is looking good. Yeah, yeah, you have to be so able to see. It. it has to have a good drop. Has a good some good hang time. The curls and get a little hang time. That's what makes it pop. So, um, <laughs> that, the, when the curls have the hang time, then I'm doing good. See, I'm here for the important stuff. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what we're here doing. yeah, yeah. We're, we're I'm gonna, doing the, the God's work
0: right here. That's good. That's good. We're here <laughs> so, would you contemplate cutting it? Is that
1: ever an option?
0: Like, were you ever tight? Did you, um, did you ever go really? Yeah, high?
1: so like when I was like middle school, like elementary school, I kind of, fifth grade, I had it kind of grow it out like this. And I cut it uh, right before sixth grade. Um, That's a long time ago. That's the last time. Yeah. You had it like short. Yeah, and then uh, so you, this is this has been your look for a while. Freshman, like freshman year, high school, I've been growing it out a little bit. But it was a lot shorter than this. I didn't really grow it out until like my junior year of college, like long, long. It was always kind of like real short, like buzz cut. Kind like of. way, way more than this right now. Yeah, a lot shorter. Yeah, but um, I discovered the hang time of the curl, so I had to just keep going it out. But I, I trim it up every now and then just to keep it clean. But but, trim it up? That doesn't mean go tight. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm gonna ride this till the wheels fall off. <laughs>
0: it's a unique look. I mean, not not everybody can do the curls. You got to be born with that, right? I mean,
1: it's, it's a, a natural thing. Yeah, it's so um, you have
0: you have great speed. You know, you're born with that. And you have you
1: have yeah, natural curls. A good? blessing. It's, I, just, I, I I definitely thank God. In my prayers for the hair uh, every <laughs> now and then. Just give him thanks. But,
0: thank, uh, thanks for my hands. Yeah. Thanks for my hair. Like Tio used to thank his hands, right? Uh, thanks for having great hands. You're like thanks for my hair.
1: Yeah, gotta give thanks <laughs> definitely. All
0: right, we'll get to a little football here because yeah. we we really touched on the tough stuff there. So now we'll go to the easy stuff, right? Yeah new offense what do you think of it
1: in general i love it i love it um it's really dynamic uh, with a little bit a little bit uh got to know a lot more um because we're just moving around so much got to know a couple more di- different positions um but uh it definitely um it definitely uh helps exploit our talents and get the ball um to to all of our all of our talent spread out really and that's what's so that's what's so good about it, it doesn't no matter where guys are. Um, it depends on what the defense gives us. The ball can, can go anywhere. So it's definitely a really dynamic offense and um, has this, has a tight ends. Uh, definitely has a lot of responsibility, a lot on our plate, which is we embrace it and um, it gives us a lot of opportunities to make plays. I need an example because this is what guys talk about all the time, right guys? You're going to be in different spots all over the field. Last year, it seemed like they used you in different spots too. But, so what's different about this than that? Um, I I was definitely more really in line last year. Like Probably wasn't really in a different position um, that much until like maybe like third down and passing downs. Uh, Interesting. But, now this would be like yeah, any down. Mean, like I can I can stand up and be in the receiver stance on first down if I want to. Um, but um, and like if we're going tempo, like there's no sets. There, there doesn't have to be set positions. Like uh, we could be lining up and um, Shep could be in the slot and I could just be closer to being the more receiver and like I can right. know what it I have. It almost
0: looks like there's multiple slot guys
1: yeah like it, it, I mean that, that's, it, what, that's from the look of it from the outside that's yeah. what it looks like so I mean it just it is especially when we go up tempo guys can just line up and go we can just play fast um there's different just different formations that kind of puts guys together and we know where to go it's just um it's, it's a lot more I would say I want to say detailed but just a lot more kind of open than last year's offense um definitely uh I just feel I just feel the difference just because I'm not in line as much um as I was last year I, I'm in there a good bit um Especially when we go twelve, and we're trying to run the ball and get the ball going on the ground, uh, I have my hand down, but I'm a little more freedom to kind of spread out a little bit, open up a little bit, and just get in the space and get into the slot and, and be comfortable out there.
0: You like that? Do you like standing up? I mean, does, do you, I mean you? Obviously, you have that speed. I mean, that's you know one of your your top skills or abilities is you have that speed for a tight end if you're against linebackers or safeties or whatever it would seem that like that gives you an advantage do you enjoy standing up
1: like yeah, right? Sorry, I, I, yeah. better if you had a preference I mean I've I've, I've gotten comfortable in a three-point I've gotten I've gotten to the point where I can but you didn't do it in college very much I right? didn't do it that much in college did a lot last year and that's why I think I, I, I learned a lot last year there and then well but now I definitely would prefer to stand up I would definitely um, prefer to to be, have a little bit more space if I'm getting pressed. I have a little bit more space. Like it get. gives you options. You can you know make your move real quick. Yeah, then we're having to get up from the, from your three Yeah, stand. so um, that that was something I had to improve on last year, which which is helping me now when I do get in those situations. But um, you just you have more space and have more leeway to kind of um, to to win on the release when you're standing up, and um, obviously uh, when you get pressed by by um, safeties or or DBs or linebackers, um, they would rather press you. Uh, in line when they got a, you got a DN outside of them and they kind of have a one way go which kind of helps them but um, definitely uh, feel more comfortable in the two point but uh, there's going to be times where I have to get it done in three point series.
0: You have to do both but uh, you're yeah. going to at least at this level but I guess it helps you to you can do that off the line of scrimmage and you can almost be a wide receiver yeah. and get that quick jump on guys. Give me when you look at last year right look back what did you learn like what did what really sticks in your head of like. Okay, I can build off this. This is what I learned from last year. Now I could take it into this year.
1: Um, just, uh, just, just my mentality pre snap. Um, just seeing what what kind of looks defenses get, are giving me. Um, kind of the the game is just. Um, I say all the time, it's a slow down for me to the point where my mind's not racing, and I'm able to kind of just slow the game down. Sit like for in a matter of two or three seconds, um, I can know what release I'm going to take. Um, if he, if he bails if the DB bails and gives, gives me cushion, um, and I have like an outbreaking route, I can set him up with a local movement. So I just, my, at the beginning of last year, did you, I was just, you know, everything was a spinning so fast. I was just going one speed, just fast, fast, fast. just trying to be fast. But now that this, the game has slowed down for me mentally, I'm able just to kind of set things up a lot better. Um, kinda of be kinda of use my speed, um, and deceive guys. I can I can look like I'm really running fast and they know I'm fast, so they're they're worried about getting beat over top, but I'm really under control. I can get um into my brakes really smoothly and get out faster and then get to top speed to create separation. Like just just my mentality and my mindset and, and kinda of the ins and outs of getting open or um kinda of feeling what type of block this is about to be. Like I'm just able to I got the offense down so when pre snap I just could do my scan, or I I see who's pressing me, and I just everything's just kind of just flowing through my head a lot better, and making better decisions, and um, being able to definitely focus on the ball when it's in the air. Just, just everything that kind of that kind of had to get used to last year, just kind of taking another step from there. I had a decent year last year. Some things to improve on. I really took those improvements that I needed to fix, um, and kind of worked on those in all season, and um, definitely when we got here, OTAs, and now in training camp. So in your head, you view that as decent last year oh, i could have been way better um why um just i mean I, I, I definitely would love to have some drops back um i was gonna get to that i knew i, I had a feeling I that's mean, where you were going with that yeah i mean it's it's just i, I just i'm not i just don't really get satisfied i'm just always um if i did better last year i'll still tell you that it could have been even better right. so um I'll say this about the drops down and this isn't a bad thing. I
0: don't mean this in a negative way. You seem it seems to bother you when people are asking about it. Is that is that accurate? Is that because people are asking you about it all the time, or does it still just bother you the fact that you did drop some of those passes?
1: It's that it's just just thinking about it. Um, I mean, I'm good at I'm good at putting stuff in, in behind me and, and knowing that mistakes are going to happen and things are going to happen because drop drop passes are going to happen. Is right. Um, it's just a part of the game, but. I'm um, just kind of just thinking about it. Um, just, cause there were a lot of easy ones last year. I just, I, I just catch them in my sleep. So, um, just kind of just bring it up. Definitely just kind of just wish I can go back in time and get some back. But, um, You do anything in particular to try and fix that this offseason? Like, did you
0: change anything? Did anyone give you advice? Like, how did that work? For you?
1: It was, it was all focus. It's all focus. Um, definitely, uh, definitely got comfortable just cat trying to really worry about after the catch. Um, more than, uh, securing it first. Um, and this, it's all, it's all just focus on the ball. It's really just focusing on the ball. Is there a way to work on that in the offseason, though? Your, the focus is, and the this mindset? This is literally every, every time, every time I'm catching a ball, just my eyes all the way through. Cause there's something, mean, there could be some times where I could be throwing, just playing catch and not even really paying attention and creating those bad habits. Uh, but anytime I, there's a ball in the air and I'm getting catches, just training my eyes. Um, looking all the way in. Um, so you're saying that in your head all the time. Eyes all the way through. Eyes. eyes way uh, through. Before practice, during practice, even when you're eyes. just
0: throwing a ball on the side. That's looking the ball.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Let's do it. We'll finish with a little, little word association, right? Okay. okay. Giants twenty twenty eighteen season. More wins. What's it like playing with Eli Manning? Um, a blessing. Davis Webb. How about Davis Webb's? Nope.
1: <laughs> Messy. <laughs> why messy it's just everywhere it's, you can't understand it can't understand it's literally stuff that he don't even need it's just, just a mess your sister's basketball game your sister by the way was drafted
0: in the WNBA. obviously athletic family's a better better athlete and
1: <sighs> yeah i'll give it to her um yeah she's uh She's the best, she's the best athlete, athlete in the family by far. Uh, but, uh, she can't beat me one-on-one, but she can beat me. I was going to say one-on-one versus sister. Yeah. She, she, she's, she's you're not, you're too physical. I'm on, too right? physical. But horse she got? Yeah, she got me. There's no, I, I it's hard, it's going to be hard for me to beat her in horse because her, she, her, her jumper's nice. Pat Shermer's offense. Um, explosive. The NFC. Uh, uh,
0: classics. Evan Ingram's 2018 season better i appreciate it thank you evan ingram on to the next one all right we thank evan ingram for that that is a good young player and you like what you hear from that the fact that he specifically wants to improve and work to improve that weakness in his game that's what you want to see from a young player so you like what you see and hear from evan ingram and uh now, though, we're going to get into Jordan on the beat, right? Where I'm going to give you a little story of what it's like to be the Giants beat reporter. We're going to skip. Sorry, I know you're going to be disappointed. We're going to skip uh, Giants after dark this week due to a lack of time and the, the amount of time and I had to tape this and when we when I had to tape it. Look, I'm sitting in a closet right now in my house taping this, okay, on a. What is it? Tuesday morning before practice. I got to get out of here soon. So, you know, this is what it's like to juggle all these things. I was in Detroit all last week. I didn't get to go into the studio. There hasn't been time. The, the ESPN was out at uh, Giants camp on Monday. So there's all these logistics that go into it. So I'm sitting in a closet right now in my room. I have a walk-in closet. So that it's not echoey, right? I'm sitting around. I got shoes, dress shoes surrounding me around the edge with all these bags and uh, that for, you know, when you go shopping with clothes and shoe boxes around me. And I'm taping this podcast for you. That's how badly I wanted to make sure you had your breaking big blue. That's how badly I, I knew you wanted it and needed it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm getting carried away. Anyway, here's the story. So last week, I'm in Detroit. But the original plan, the Giants practiced there, and they played there. The original plan was I wasn't going to actually go. Then on Monday, last Monday, at practice, Saquon Barkley runs a route, beats Janoris Jenkins, which, by the way, impressive on its own right. And everybody's goo goo over the fact that he beat Janoris Jenkins for good reason. Beat and Horace Jenkins, a Pro Bowl cornerback deep for what would have been a humongous game. But then I noticed, you know, he looked like he pulled up a little bit at the end. You know, he didn't run all the way, which they don't always do. They, they stop, you know, after they don't run all the way to the end zone all the time anyway. And he looked like he was limping a little bit. And no one else really noticed, but I was, in the back of my head, I'm like, Did he just pull up, grab at his leg a little bit? It was hard to tell. Then he's walking back towards the line of scrimmage, and he's not in the next play, and all the players that are on the side are lined up behind the ball. So it's like a wall of gigantic 300-pound guys. And he walks back slowly and sort of dips behind that wall of giants that are on the sideline, the guys who aren't in for the next play. But I could tell, maybe just not right. And he lays down on the ground, and that's when I realize, oh, the trainer's taking care of him on the ground. Another trainer comes over, and he's injured, right? So that means when Saquon Barkley gets injured in practice, I publish the video because I fortunately taped all this at the time. I publish it. We see he's injured. Okay, Saquon Barkley's injured. That means tv is going to want me to do stuff so you know nfl live sports center they all asked me to do stuff i think i taped three sports centers that night you know that's the the six o'clock i did live actually from philadelphia because i had to go to I, i had to run from giants practice get to a doctor's appointment with my wife outside this outside of philadelphia and so I get there, we do that, and then I jump to a studio downtown in Philadelphia so I could do the six PM sports center live, ride it, get home, drive home, and then tape two more sports centers from my house. That's what it's like when something big goes down. So at this point I'm not going to Detroit, it's Monday night. But I get a call and they say, Hey, you know, thick one got hurt yesterday, you think you can go to Detroit the following morning? So Tuesday morning, all of a sudden I'm booking flights. I'm on a flight Tuesday morning. I get there to Detroit. You don't check a bag because practice is at, what, 9.30? I land at 9.10. So I get out of there. I jump in an Uber. I'm there before 10 o'clock or around 10 o'clock. You know, So practice was just sort of getting underway. They, they, they were finishing up the warm-ups or whatever when I got there. And so I'm there for all week in Detroit, full week in Detroit, hoping to get Saquon Barkley. You know, he's talk ends up talking on Thursday. So I get there Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He doesn't talk until Thursday, hoping to get him one on one afterwards. It doesn't work out. The Giants say he didn't, he didn't really want to do the one on one on camera. He kind of. When I asked him, he kind of said, "Am I allowed to?" Da da da, doesn't work out. So I go there. I don't get Saquon Barkley one-on-one for TV. I'm there for five days in Detroit. Five days: uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah, and then leave, leave Saturday morning. So, not the ideal situation, but this is part of the job. No big deal. This is this is what they pay me for, right? Now, in retrospect. I think I think we deserve something better next time right than Detroit now I'm not a not a whiner about these things but we have and since I've been on the beat and I joined in what 2013 two joint practices okay so we went to Cincinnati I believe like three years ago and Detroit now think about the NFL cities. We're talking about some really good places, right? Miami, uh, Los Angeles, everywhere, you know, a couple Texas spots, New Orleans, New York. Obviously the Giants and Jets play in New York, Chicago, all these places, some really, really good cities. And the two places we've been to for joint practices, Cincinnati and Detroit. Not exactly your summer destinations, your pre- your preferred summer destinations. Hey, go spend four days in Cincinnati. Hey, go spend four days in Detroit. Yes, that's exactly where I wanted to go. Now, I'm out there watching football, so I'm not complaining. I'm out there doing my job, which, definitely not complaining. Blessed about that. Really lucky. But, come on. Cincinnati, Detroit. How about next time, the Dolphins? How about the Dolphins want to join practice with us, okay? This way we could spend five days on South Beach. All right? Hook a brother up, all right? Next time? How about that? Anyway, that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. That's what it's like to be on the Giants beat with me. I'll give you more stories. Uh I know everyone still wants that Eric Flower story. It's coming. I promise. I didn't forget. Next week, though, I really want to do this fantasy, the Fantasy Giants edition. So give me feedback, what you guys want, what you want to hear from that, any ideas, suggestions, and uh, I'll take care of you. But once again, this is Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. You can catch me on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, email, on ESPN.com. You know it anywhere. And make sure you like this episode and this episode. Podcast, the Breaking Big Blue podcast on iTunes, on, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, everything. You know, we're, we're, we're worldwide. This is a worldwide production right here. Make sure you tell your friends. Make sure you give us good ratings. It means a lot to us. And make sure you provide me feedback. Anything and everything. You can find me. Just search my name, Jordan Ranan. R-A-A-N-A-N. You know how, you know how to find me. Anyone knows how to, if you don't know how to Google. You got problems, okay? Google's like a a mandatory skill in life these days. If you can't Google, you need to look yourself in the mirror. Anyway, that's it with this episode of Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com Giants reporter. We'll see you next time.